thank you very much for coming to this uh, open day or open afternoon. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to tell you a little bit about the work we do in the Centre for Psychiatry more generally, but very specifically talk about uh, our MSc programmes. We've got quite a full programme, uh, including uh, me introducing the afternoon and talking a little bit about the MSc in quite a lot of detail. Uh, we've also got a former student, Amber Johan, coming along to tell us a bit about her experience. She won the college prize actually for um, master's programmes. Um, Robert Jones, the Associate Director of Equality and Diversity from East London Foundation Trust, who will be telling us a bit about his work in the Trust and uh, internationally on inequality. And we're very privileged to have later on um, Lord Victor Adabwali who's the Chief Executive of Turning Point, but also a great supporter of the work on equalities taking place in government. He's also a patron of our charity care and a patron of the cultural consultation work that we do uh, in the uh, medical school. So without further ado, I'll, I'll slip straight into the more formal presentation and there'll be plenty of time for discussion and questions as we go on through the afternoon. So just in case you're not familiar with our structures and where we sit, um, this is the uh, MSc run from the Centre for Psychiatry, which is part of the Wolfson Institute of Preventive Medicine, which is a very famous institute actually, a lot of uh, public health and epidemiological research has been done there. Um, we're part of Barts and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry, which sits within Queen Mary College, which is part of the University of London. It's very confusing because if you put a comma in a different place, the whole thing sounds different and it sounds like we're in a different institution. Uh, so we're still part of the University of London. We have partners with East London Foundation Trust and other NHS organisations. We partner with um, the voluntary and charitable sectors also, hence our relationships with CARIF and with uh, Turning Point. Uh, we're also part of, part of a European network on migration called COST. I'm very intricately involved with the World Association of Cultural Psychiatry, which is holding its uh, third World Congress in London in March of 2012. There's some cards at the back. There's a Congress website, wacap2012.org. Do have a look. We're open for abstracts at the moment. Uh, and we're also part of the Royal College of Psychiatrists Transcultural Network. The various members of staff on the course include um, Lenka and Leslie, who are administrators and help us run the course efficiently. Tina, who's an e-learning technologist. There are various lecturers, senior lecturers and tutors. Um, Ken's uh, a lecturer on the course and Nazir Wolf is a senior lecturer who's not here today. Uh, I'm the director, but we've got tutors located in the voluntary sector and in the charitable sector and in the university sector and NHS sector. The centre uh, is full of lots of activities. You could spend all day every day in meetings uh, uh, and hearing about interesting work. So I just want to summarise some of the work that relates directly to the Masters programme. We have a cultural consultation club that meets monthly and that's for the benefit of um, uh, clinicians in the trust and in NHS organisations who want to talk about uh, cases they've seen and they haven't had an opportunity to discuss complexity particularly where culture is involved, and they haven't had an a place to talk about this. So the Cultural Consultation Club is a venue that people come to and bring material, we plan it well ahead. There's some very delicate, intimate, caring, but challenging discussions as well about how to improve the quality of care that we provide for people, but also discussing theoretical and conceptual issues as well. 
The Cultural Consultation Service is commissioned by Town Hamlets. That uses a model of consultation which was developed in McGill in Montreal by Kiermaier and colleagues. And we've transported it here and we have adapted it for our local services. We work with um, practitioners and commissioners and managers to try and improve the quality of care we offer patients, particularly again where there's complexity. The centres evolve very actively in a number of international journals uh, and so if you become involved with us you'll be involved in writing for journals and perhaps peer reviewing things. And it's all part of our academic practice. As I say we're involved with several charities. AFIA is another charity that we've been intimately involved with for many years. It champions equalities work nationally uh, and its current um, Chief Executive Patrick Vernon has a seat at the ministerial group with Paul Burstow and uh, influences the thinking a great deal and keeps putting his hand up saying what about equalities until it gets left out. Uh, we've moved to an e-learning platform recently and I'm going to say a little bit about some of the challenges. So a lot of the work that we're going to present is available both um, on and uh, offline and you're able to use the on and offline facilities flexibly as you wish to. You can do the course entirely offline, but as I'll present later, that doesn't mean you just sit on your own in a room working away in isolation and doing exams. You actually do interact with other people on the course in real time using Skype and other technologies, uh, and you can have tutorials online as well in real time as well, depending on the time zone. We have students from all over the world involved in the e-learning course. This is the basic structure of our course. Uh, we have three modules. Uh, but module one is uh, an advanced mental health assessment and management module, and that basically is a core module. And during that module, people come up to speed on the uh, theory and practice of mental health conditions. Uh, but it's also an opportunity for you to skill up on study skills. If you've been out of study for a while, it's not easy to come back in and start reading reams and start summarising material. And during that module, a lot of the work is around study skills, organising yourself, organising your time at home and at work, uh, preparing for uh, more intensive work in Module 2. Module 2 is either a transcultural mental health care module or a psychological therapies module, depending on the pathway you choose. I'm going to say a bit about each of those in a moment. Module 3 is a research uh, module, uh, and with all three modules, you complete an MSc. If you do two modules, you exit with a diploma. If you do one module, you exit with a certificate. And it all depends on your particular interests and what you want to achieve. So you have to be clear about your expectations and your learning objectives during the master's programme. MSc doesn't suit everybody. If you're not interested in research and you want to just improve your clinical practice, the uh, diploma may not be ambitious enough if you want to go on and do a PhD and you want to test out your skills and see how you get on. So you do have to tailor what you do to what you actually want to achieve. So there's three modules. All of this can be done part-time or full-time. If you do it part-time, the same volume of work is done over two years. If you do it full-time, it's all done in one year. There's an intensive talk day a week. Uh, and when we set the course up this way, we did it in direct response to uh, students. Uh, we had a small number of students then, and we could be very flexible. We tried different days of the week and different ways of doing this. And most students elected for a single day, a Wednesday or a Tuesday, in the middle of the week. And they could check into work early in the week and check in later on in the week and be clear to study during the week. This involves um, direct teaching and lecturing, but it also involves interactive group work. 
So we follow the principle that you cannot be lectured to for eight hours a day. You have two one-hour lectures and you have a lot of interactive group work involving role-playing, problem-solving. This helps you embed the learning but also raise questions about the learning. It also helps you learn from each other and it helps you remember the material as well. We also use problem-based learning methods. We ask students to read two key papers a week and ask them to summarise those straight away from module one. The idea of this is that you actually test your writing skills straight away. This might sound a bit odd, we all write in our work, but uh, if you're not used to academic writing, uh, and you're not used to writing uh, as precise as is required in academic work, it can be a bit challenging. And so if there are difficulties there, we want to spot them early and correct them early so that you can get back into study without problems later on in your uh, course. We also involve peer presentation, so you learn how to present arguments, present yourself, to construct PowerPoint presentations and communicate and debate. That's something which you know, we take for granted sometimes, but it's challenging if you've not had much experience of it, particularly taking questions and having um, fierce questions, I suppose, is what we're used to in academic circles, particularly in some sort of academic meetings, and we uh, train you and help you find ways of presenting yourself in a confident manner. For the transcultural uh, uh, module, we also have half-day placements. Uh, and uh, this involves you uh, thinking about change management. We don't police this heavily. What we want is some reflective learning from you about how you try to change practice in a particular context. It could be a menu, it could be a new service, it could be anything. We don't necessarily expect you to succeed, but what we're interested in is how you manage the process and what you've learned from the process, because it's very hard to produce change. Psychological therapies module was introduced a few years ago. Um, this involves lectures uh, regarding multiple modalities. Uh, we also ask you to undertake two brief supervised cases and one long case uh, and to write these up. Again, what we're interested in here is your experience of psychological thinking uh, rather than being a clinical supervisor to you. So you will have a clinical supervisor independent of the course itself. There's an experiential group um, and some journal type activity based on the Tavistock structure for teaching and learning psychological therapies. There's again one core taught day, so in terms of your commitment away from everything else, it's that core taught day. But please don't underestimate the course. Some people try and do the course full-time and do a full-time job, or try and do the course part-time whilst doing a full-time job. You do need time to think and to develop. Part of the course is you developing yourself and thinking differently. So I say to everybody who comes on the course, you know, you will be different by the end of the course. You'll think differently, you'll, you'll have different attitudes and views, and so you have to warn people around you, your family and friends, that you will be changing and you want them to help you develop in a different sort of way. Um, Part-time or full-time, it's entirely up to you, but you have to be realistic. Uh, you can defer exams for the second year if you wish to, if you're doing it part-time. We encourage you to at least sit module one, and if possible, modules one and two in the first year. Uh, and you can leave module three exams in the second year if you're doing it part-time. We don't adhere to a single academic discipline. We try and produce a multidisciplinary course. It may be that in your research work or in your clinical work, you have a particular interest in sociological thinking, or anthropological thinking, or epidemiological research, and that's fine. We give you a grounding in all of these, 
but it's in your research that you can really excel in one of these areas if you really want to pursue a particular disciplinary approach. Similarly with the psychotherapies, we don't produce a single approach, we're offering you multiple approaches. It's very important to say this isn't a clinical course, it is a preparation for clinical work and will enhance your clinical skills, but it's not accredited, so particularly for psychological therapies, we've had some misunderstandings that you can be a UKCP accredited psychotherapist following the course, you can't. If you've not done it before, this is an opportunity for you to begin to have some experience and some grounding in the work. Uh, Amber, our student, will continue a bit more about the value of the um, course to future work. Certainly many of our um, colleagues doing the psychological therapies course do find it extremely useful to go on into a formal psychological therapist training at a later point. Um, this was the reason we were doing the transcultural mental health course. There was a lot of interest in policy and in practice in eradicating inequalities. This is a slightly old slide now. This was part, these were the various components of the Delivering Race Equality program. Our focus was on developing the workforce. Now you might think this is all a bit ambitious, you know, at a time of NHS cuts and economic difficulties. I would say there's no better time, there's no more important time to be thinking about the qualities of the practitioners, the managers, and policy makers. Because that's what it falls down to. That's what the public come into contact with you as individuals. You can't organise high quality care simply by a document. You have to have a person in front of you. And so the quality of care received depends on your skill set and your ability to work with people. So if ever there was a time to emphasise that, this is it. Because we do have to find solutions and high quality practitioners is what we want um, out there. Psychological therapies, why is it important? Well, people want it. There was all sorts of criticism about there being an overemphasis on medication. Um, and biological treatments or biological focus in uh, mental health care. Uh, we know there's an unmet need, we know that uh, the evidence base for some therapies is very strong, either in isolation or in combination with pharmacological methods. We know that there's a lot of interest in improving health and well-being more generally, generally and there's a happiness agenda and we're told that this is important not just for health but for the economy. We're happier, we're likely to be more productive, we're less likely to be ill and stay off work, we're likely to contribute to the economy. You could think of this as some sort of perverse political process, but uh, the reality is that it's true that if we are functioning better, we can contribute to society uh, and remain well for ourselves and for our families and for our communities. Um, so you probably all heard of the Improving Access to Psychological Therapies programme. This was the, these are the various reasons why it was implemented and still extremely popular, again under some financial strain. Victor, who you'll hear talking later on, uh, has been championing this work and, and provides some of these services in the country. So um, he'll probably be able to tell you a bit more about the current challenges and how they're sustaining this sort of work. So what are you going to learn? Key competencies. Um, study skills I mentioned, debating thinking skills, effectively using and generating knowledge, working on yourself, very important. You'll develop new knowledge, you'll work on your attitudes, attitudes of your colleagues as well. Um, you'll develop confidence in leadership roles. We need leaders in this, these fields. Uh, and part of the challenge has been that people don't feel confident enough and uh, equipped enough with a vocabulary to become leaders in this field. We will look at the narratives of care, groups and systems, not just individuals. And what we want to do is encourage you to use evidence to replace uncertainty and emissions in care practice. Knowledge, empirical knowledge, 
lay knowledge, experiential knowledge if need be, not necessarily only numbers and figures and percentages. Uh, we need evidence to remedy disagreement about appropriate treatments. There's a lot of uncertainty and divergent opinion about how to take some of these issue for, issues forward. So we're very much pushing for evidence as a solution rather than simply um, the loudest voice wins. We hope we will help you make better diagnostic decisions uh, and we teach the cultural formulation. We also use the cultural formulation in our cultural consultation work. Uh, we try and improve cultural competence, but not just of the individual, but of systems and organisations. And there are various mechanisms and various projects we've been involved in to do that. Pathways to Recovery, EPIC, um, work on detentions under the Mental Health Act. We've just got a paper accepted in the BMJ which shows that for every um, two beds you cut now, a year down the line, you'd like to have one extra uh, involuntary admission. No matter what we put into the equation, no matter how we try and adjust out the effect, it's a hard finding. Um, and, and so there's something about policies that cut beds also possibly leading to greater rates of involuntary admission and particular sectors of the community being particularly vulnerable to those involuntary admissions. Uh, more work to be done, but so we're beginning to produce some evidence to tackle these issues rather than just protest about them. Safety and complaints are an issue for all organisations, violence to the public, to staff and to patients. We want to emphasise person-centred care, and by that we mean caring for the person by the person. So you're own, acknowledging your own personness, your selfness, and your ability to think differently in different contexts is important. We have various learning and assessment methods. I mentioned some of them already, lectures and group processes. Um, lots of private study, you have to be very disciplined about that, um, fix a time, a regular time in the week, uh, problem-based learning, role plays, library work and literature reviews, you'll have introductions to how to use a library and how to take literature reviews. The majority of our students in Module 3 do do systematic and critical reviews rather than research simply because of the problems of securing ethical approval in a timely manner. We also begin to use the internet more effectively, so if you're internet phobic, it's very important you use the knowledge out there. There's lots of information out there. You also need to be very careful to select your knowledge with care and with precision and be able to screen out evidence that isn't quite uh, up to scratch. A variety of research methods. Some of you will go on to do PhD. Some of you will go into management. Some of you become clinical leaders. We also help you to write and publish, so if you've done an original piece of work, be it a policy piece of work, a review, or original piece of research, we very much want you to make use of it. If it's not published, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, it doesn't exist. You may feel very good about it, but it doesn't exist, so you need to get it out there in any shape or form. So we continue with students for many years sometimes, helping them shape their writing, getting it into print, um, and getting it into circles in which it makes a difference. Uh, this is an example of the various modalities of assessment for the transcultural module. You'll notice there are many varieties of assessment. People learn in different ways and they excel in different ways, and so we try and mix our assessment methods to give you the best chance of succeeding. Courses in this day and age aren't like they used to be, um, where only 20% or 30% or 40% of the uh, students pass. The idea is that everybody gets through. Uh, uh, and we make sure you get through, and if there are difficulties, we challenge them. So the, so the course marks are allotted in various ways between modules one to three, but as you'll see, they're spread across a number of different modalities depending on um, what's important in a particular module, but also this helps you succeed irrespective of what you find difficult and what you find.
We have an examination board in the university which oversees all examination boards. We have a specific examination board for our course with an external examiner um, who um, at, the moment, at the moment is uh, Professor Ramon. Uh, all our examiners to date have been either sociologists, anthropologists, geographers, and so they have a very diverse wide-ranging view about what mental health and well-being is. We have student representatives and uh, they should be connecting up with the tutors on a regular basis, at least termly, feeding back. Uh, this is an opportunity to interact. We also invite student representatives to the exam board, so you can present to the examiner if you want. If there's a particular issue you want to raise with the examiner, you're free to do so. But the outcomes, independent critical thinkers, researchers and practitioners, future leaders in the field. We want cutting-end research, if that's what you want to do, um, but we want leadership in, in many forms. Some of you will do PhDs, some will take up strategic roles in the trust. Robert's going to talk a bit more about the support the local trust has given the course over many years and what sort of roles um, and reciprocal arrangements there are. I mentioned distance learning. Uh, some people think this is an easier option, it's actually quite harder. It's harder for the tutors, it's harder for the students. So uh, don't be under the illusion that if you opt for this that somehow it's all going to be much easier. It's harder because you have to engage with the learning, you have to spend time interacting. Uh, the speed at which uh, online learning can happen is different. Uh, you might have technological problems and so on, but we have tried our systems now for many years, both with students in the UK and students in Europe, the US, Saudi Arabia and other countries. Uh, and it can work as long as there's some flexibility and hence our tutors work very hard to offer you flexibility uh, in arranging tutorials. What also happens is that people have different learning styles and uh, different attitudes to what learning means depending on which country you're in and what your own educational experiences are. So that's all part of um, what needs to be tackled in module one. And of course we have to think about e-learning not only for lectures and tutorials but for all of these aspects of group work. Group work, uh, managing assignments, the idea is you upload all your assignments online. As I've shown you the deadlines for all your assignments are already flagged up online. Uh, but we have a small team that can still help if you have uncertainties about it. So um, there's plenty of time for discussion and questions. Um, but the, you can enrol online, most of it's done online, but we like to keep in contact with potential students. Uh, if you link up with a college, that's fine, but don't just rely on the college. You can stay in touch with our uh, MSC team because they can help you through the various hurdles. Uh, and as you can imagine, we have uh, an MSC team devoted to our particular program or activity, whereas the college has hundreds and hundreds of courses and it's quite easy to get lost in that process sometimes. But actually, our team should help you through every, every hurdle as you need to progress through it and address any questions. So I'll stop there um, and just take any questions or comments for the moment and we'll have time later on as well to take more questions. Any thoughts or comments or questions? No? Okay. We'll go straight on then. Um, Amber. Yeah, I did the one actually. Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to um, ask because um, you were saying about the model, like the model one, model two, model three, and if people had like they've done like, I mean they know the academic because they're just coming from other courses that that can they go straight into model two, 
No, they have to do the module one. Um, it may be they find it rather easy, um, but it's a very important module because people are coming at this course from all sorts of directions with all sorts of experience and all sorts of assumptions, all sorts of attitudes, values. Uh, we often have people say, look, I did all these credits on this course and can't I just count it? But it could be a completely different course, a philosophy course, a date they did it. Uh, we don't have a cross-accreditation. That's okay. the sort of question you're asking. Can you get it across? Yeah, yeah. No. no. So you'd have to do it. You'd have to sit the exams. It may be that if, it, if you've already done the work, it's relatively... It's like some of our um, psychology and psychiatry trainees have done um, uh, uh, some of their exams in their training. Um, and so the basic module might be the equivalent of, say, part one of the membership exam. Uh, so the material may be the same. In terms of theoretical knowledge, but the learning methods and working on yourself is an important part of it. it may not have happened, uh, and so and we the, want people to come in and make sure they can work in a group uh, effectively, because your learning with that group is quite important for the entire yeah. year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah reflect on it, and then because yeah, there's lots of questions that come up when you're thinking about how it would work with you.